Hi everyone, uh, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Rob Henderson again. We're on episodes four uh, to seven of the Jeffrey Dahmer series on uh, Netflix. Um, Rob, what happened in these episodes? I think we started to see uh, Dahmer come into his own as a murderer, rapist, cannibal. Um, I think we see we get at the beginning we get the end of Dahmer when he's caught. We get the um, and then we go back to the start. And then we have him just sort of building up to it. You know, he kills that guy on accident just because he doesn't want to be alone. And then there's the uh, uh, wait, which guy, guy was this? Which guy did he kill because he didn't want to be alone? Was, was this the, the guy in the, well, the hotel were, room? I guess. I guess all of them, like a lot of them, he killed because he didn't want to be alone. But the, uh, yeah. uh, I'm talking about the first one who was like an accident, uh, the seven, 1978. The, the hitchhiker uh, guy, right? Is yeah. that the one? Well, one thing I found interesting was like, you know, there's a lot of attention paid to the race of Dahmer's victims and the two, uh, the two white guys he kills, they were under sort of like mysterious slash semi-accidental circumstances right so there's the, the hitchhiker guy the, the the he was white and Dahmer it was his first kill and Dahmer just sort of got upset grabbed a weight and hit him on the back of the head and then like immediately seemed to regret it and then the other white guy he doesn't even remember killing him right he was like a, yeah. a model or something he brings him back to this fancy hotel that was kind of I, I was curious like how Dahmer was able to afford that he just put it on a credit card but they're in this really nice hotel and Dahmer, you know, accidentally drugs himself and then, like, manages to keep it together long enough to drug the other guy and yeah. uh, wakes up with the guy's just, like, you know, his corpse is in the bed with Dahmer with his chest crushed in. And yeah. he doesn't remember what happened there. So, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, but like, with all of his other victims, it's like Dahmer knows what happened. He points the knife mm-hmm. in their face. So, I could see, like, someone who was taking a very uncharitable uh, view of Dahmer could say like you know he was a racist yeah he killed two white guys but those were semi-accidental or you know he had amnesia he didn't really know what was going on maybe he didn't want to kill them or didn't mean to kill them but the other ones he meant to kill so I mean he kills uh does he kill any more white guys he kills like some uh, other and, and, blacks. Uh, yeah, Dahmer, I mean, now. affording Liam. the hotel I mean, he doesn't seem to have a lot of expenses he doesn't have a lot of money but he doesn't have expenses either all his money is to like drug and rape guys and he, he lives with his grandma and so he doesn't pay rent he doesn't pay bills he doesn't have any expenses so i think he can afford i think he can afford a hotel um but yeah so like so he builds up so first one he kills on accident second one he, he's blacked out and then the um what was the what was the third killing but anyways he starts oh the, the he starts killing on purpose so we get we get here where he's he's planning it out he's becoming more deliberate uh and conscience conscious yeah, so there's a Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel article I sent you, and I'm going to send it. I sent it. I'm going to. I'll post it in the show uh, show notes. But it's really funny. So you remember that guy whose car broke down, uh, and Dahmer brought back, and who didn't end up getting killed. And, mm. and so they had the grandma discovered, and apparently oh, yeah. the reason Dahmer didn't kill him um, was uh, he was too fat. The guy was 250 pounds, so Dahmer thought he wouldn't oh. be able to like carry him. He would, and he wasn't fat in the show. They made him, uh, you know, they made him like you know, s- uh, slender. Um, yeah. He uh, going back to the house and woke up hospital. So yeah, there's nothing about the grandma. He remembered going back to the house and then waking up in the hospital. So that's true. Um, and so there was, uh, so there was that. So he starts killing, really killing people uh, in his grandma's uh, house. Um, episode. Uh, episode six was you know amazing. I thought it was 
you know, great TV because it's, um, he's, uh, his deaf, you know, he has this, uh, the show, they give Dahmer a boyfriend, right? Um, and you know, he's like Tony, Tony Hughes. So I, I was wondering how much of this was real. So the guy was a model, um, and he was deaf, a deaf mute and all that black guy. Oh, and he was a mute too, right? He, he wrote like the way he communicated was through signing or through writing on, on pieces of paper, notes on paper. And all that is true. Um, the guy, um, well, let's talk about the episode first. So like, I like that they gave him a, um, you know, they gave him a story. None of these guys had like an old, whole episode devoted to them, right? They're yeah. all just like fit characters to come in and be killed by Dahmer. Like they're there. That's they what I thought this episode would be. I thought that they were just going to spend maybe five minutes on this guy and then we just go back to Dahmer. And I actually initially thought it was going to be very distasteful because I thought like, okay, they're going to like, you know, throw a bone to the critics and give five minutes on this guy. And then it's just going to go back to Dahmer. And like, I almost felt like it was, yeah, there was something unpleasant about it because it was like, oh, you're, it's just going to show you just enough of this guy's background to make you feel sorry for him that he's deaf. And then you're just going to go back to like, you know, that the, the show's going to highlight Dahmer again. But spending an entire episode on this guy, like it really made you identify with this guy, feel for him. And then by the time Dahmer kills him, it's like, okay, now you get a sense of like really how bad Dahmer is. I like that the show kind of plays with perspectives like that. Yeah, and so Dahmer is like falling in love with this guy, right? Like he like he, he the first time he wants to drug him, he, he doesn't do uh, it. He's like yeah. he doesn't do it. And then he uh, you know builds up, and then like the way he ends up killing him is the guy is like, oh, I have to go to work, but you know he signs to him, you know, I'll, I'll be back. And then Dahmer's like, okay, he lets him go. He's like, what? I forgot my wallet. Or he forgot something. He forgot my keys. Something. He comes back. Dahmer just closes the door, like reconsiders. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, you're gonna come back. Like, you don't have to be that, you know, that clingy, Dahmer. Like, you could. Well, you could what was that? Like, was that because Dahmer thought like he was coming back for him, and then when he realized that wasn't the reason he was coming back, he got angry. He didn't want him to leave again mm. and killed mm. him. Right? Like, Dahmer has this weird. I, I mean, a. Uh, yeah he just has this attachment to these guys and yeah he just like wants to own them he eats them he wants like them to be a part of him you know he has this very strange preoccupation with like i mean yeah i don't know what it is exactly i guess like a you know a sort of environmentalist like what quasi freudian perspective would be like abandonment issues or something right because like we talked about this in the last episode how like his dad bailed, then his mom left a little later. And and when he was like 17, he was just like living in his parents' house by himself. I mean, yeah, I guess like maybe the show was trying to, again, like highlight multiple, per, like multiple, what perspectives on what, what created Dahmer and like, you know, gets you to, I guess, sort of understand where he's coming from. And this might be like the environmentalist angle they're highlighting once more is like, you know, he yeah. just doesn't want these guys he falls in love with to leave him. Um, which because they show this multiple times too, right? Like the guy with the the weightlifting guy and the the hitchhiker, right? He brings him over to lift weights, and he, Dahmer's just like, "One more beer, let's do ten more reps." Like anything to keep this guy from leaving him. So this is why again, I recommend you're listening to the, the watching the Netflix the three episodes Jeffrey Dahmer's tapes are like an hour each, and they're based on. <clears throat> and so the story that's told, you have to understand what was going on. So this Dahmer is the source for a lot of the stuff. And people think, oh, Dahmer must have been honest, you know, because he, you know, a lot of the stuff can be verified. But what the tapes were made for, what they were talking to Dahmer for, they were trying to establish a defense, a uh, defense of reason of insanity. So when Dahmer yeah. was, uh, this was Dahmer's lawyer, and a lot of the story is told through Dahmer and his lawyer talking, he's trying to 
he's trying to uh, uh, you know give like some kind of psychological reason. So that's like that's like that's like everything here, right? So I don't know like this stuff about being abandoned. I don't know like how how true it is. I don't know if this is just something he made up to make people feel sorry for him. Um, oh, so, so, so wait a minute. You're saying like what we're seeing in the series as far as like his parents leaving it, everything. This is well, based on Dahmer's firsthand accounts. But well, we don't parents, know if like, that's yeah. legitimately what happened. I think his parents did. Oh, leave. I mean, I don't think that the, I don't think the facts are wrong. Um, okay. But like the way like it's connected, like he, like he always just wanted to k- kill these guys because they were going to leave him. And like, that's what he was afraid. Of. Like, I don't know if like that's true. Dahmer is the only source uh, for that stuff. And Dahmer was on trial and, you know, trying yeah. to get, they were, they were trying to find him insane. So he'd go to a mental institution so he wouldn't go to jail. That's what he's trying. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. I mean, the, um, the first episode you and I was episode four for, for this, this session, you know, you see, um, like so, you, this this Jeff is still living in his parents' house that's been abandoned, right? His mom left, his dad's gone, but his dad rolls back around, and his you know I think they're sitting at like a diner or restaurant, and his dad is like, "Where's your mom?" And Jeff was like, "She left," and the dad was like, you know, like outraged at this, the fact that his mom left him, despite the fact that he himself had left. Um, and I guess it's sort of like depicting that era, right? I mean, you know, there's this belief that like you know if dad comes and goes, it's like kind of typical, but if a mom does it, it's like especially egregious. But then, like, you know, it, it was funny because, like, his dad is rolling. He's like, what are you doing now? You know, what are you going to do after high school, after you graduate? And Jeff is like, you know, he's a completely aimless. He has, like, a very sort of typical criminal personality type, like, unambitious. He just, like, has this sort of impulsive short-term interests, but has, like, no real long-term plans. And, he just, and his dad is, like, expressing disappointment that his dad isn't, you know, his, his son is, is just, like, drinking, you know, like, the house is a mess, beer cans everywhere. He's not applying to college. And Jeff starts to like say like I'm. Well, yeah, he, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he starts to um, express, you know, his concerns about like the thoughts that are running through his head. His I think by this point he had already killed the hitchhiker, and so mm-hmm. he was yeah. like like gently inching towards telling his dad like Hey, I'm a fucked up person, and his dad is like we're going to get you into Ohio state, right? Just like yeah. completely changes so the weird. subject. Ohio state, that easy to get into. Like, <laughs> just be a cat. I thought of that bad of a school. Maybe, maybe uh, time. well, this was 1970 something, yeah, right? Like, like probably back then it probably wasn't it was that probably, hard. I mean, yeah. but I don't know what, you know, was Jeffrey Don, were his grades decent in high school? He did manage to get in though, right? Like he did get into Ohio state somehow. And then yeah, like, I don't know. Out. Mm, yeah, that's true. He did get in. I don't know. Might, anybody might have been able to get into Ohio State, you know, back in back in those days. Um, yeah, it was yeah, easier. Was, but then he flunked out with a point for point four five GPA, and his dad is like livid about this. I mean, yeah, that he what he he forces him to join the army, right? And that's where Dahmer starts to you know becomes a, a medic and uh, you know basically yeah. obtains some 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 advanced training for his future interests in mm-hmm. killing people. I like how you call him Jeff and I call him Dahmer. You feel very personally, uh, you feel like you know him, huh? We're buddies. You know? Well, I think I call him that because that's what people in the show call him, right? Like, I maybe because this is my only real, um, like, I, I didn't have much information on, on what Jeff or Dahmer or whatever, like, back in like back in the day, right? Like, I, I knew, like, in the culture, right, people make these jokes about cannibalism and stuff. And I uh-huh. think when I was a kid, like I watched like a little bit of that that Jeremy Renner movie back in the day, like two thousand early two thousands. But 
like to me, he's just like he may as well just be the show, right? I didn't watch the Dahmer tapes. I didn't watch um, anything else on this guy. So like my experience of him is just through this series. So mm. it's probably yeah. why. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah. So the yeah the Ohio State thing. Yeah, he does. He just sort of bounces around and. Yeah, so back to that, you know, that episode Tony Hughes. I mean, they 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 show him like he's got his all. He's got two other gay friends. Like I don't know if they're completely invested. This is the gay guy, all, Tony, right? You know, they're side with each other, and it's like I like how it's like, oh, this other guy's like, oh, I sleep with everyone. Like, and you know, they're doing like gay stuff. Like, oh, bitch, please, like through their sign oh, language, with, with the sign language and the subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like funny. It's like and like Tony Hughes is like I guess the monogamous gay just looking for a good relationship. And he meets, yeah, he meets you have Jeffrey to earn Ryan. me. That's what he said. You have to earn me. <laughs> now, okay. Now, here's the thing. Here's the very. Here's actually something very interesting. So, Dahmer in the tapes claimed that he met Hughes. The, he he only met Hughes that one night. He killed him. Other people who knew Tony Hughes say they know knew each other for a year. Um, so Dahmer knew this guy. We don't know how close their relationship. We don't know if they were like boyfriend or whatever. Um, but they, but there's people who say one. Somebody says he came to like buy Tony's house like six times or something. Um, and so, but he didn't want people to know that he six wanted times. people to think that they had just met. And so maybe the producers made a thing of like, oh, he was really in love and just didn't want to, you know, talk about it or something. I mean, Dahmer looks worse, I think, if he knew him for a while rather than he killed him. But the, <laughs> You know, it's like we know him for a year that he killed him, or they were. But we don't know. We don't know how close they were. We don't know they were like falling in love. We don't know if they were steadies. Like we don't know any of that. That was sort yeah. of you know artistic license. Yeah, yeah. It made it seem like he'd only known like what they slept together once or twice, and that was it. Um, yeah, they didn't really focus that much. I mean, we spent a lot of time getting to know the Tony Hughes character, and yeah, then like Jeff tried to court him when they're at the nightclub and. Yeah, it was kind of. I mean, oh, no, they, show, I, they I, show they, them on dates. They show them on dates. I mean, there he, was he an interesting it. moment when they were on a date, right? Where 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 Jeff was like, you know, is is it hard for you to be to to work so hard to be understood? And you know, Tony writes back on the little note card, um, you know, like I I don't have a choice. Like this is the only way I can get to know people. Yeah. And I think this was like a it was kind of a weird moment of like the show trying to get us to understand their similarities with one another i I could imagine people being upset by this like here you have this like gay black deaf guy who's like you know clearly had a hard life and is about to be murdered and jeff is like hey like we're kind of the same like Mm. uh not yeah i don't know that was like a i didn't know what they were trying to do there it's humanize jeff like make that make us understand why these two got along and why they entered a relationship but even from the show's perspective, they weren't really in a relationship. It was it, to me, it just seemed like they were hooking up a couple times, and well, Tony I mean, that's was kind of playing hard to get. I mean, for, for Dahmer, I mean, that was like a real. Yeah, that was like a relay. They were on a few dates, like you know, every other person he just like meets them and kills them that night. <laughs> and if they go, that's I mean, true. it's like you know, it's and it, you see, like you know, Dahmer has feelings for him by you can see by not killing him, you know, right away, right which away, is like yeah. rare for. Dauber, but they do say, I mean, the way they deal with each other, like, don't worry, I'll be, it's like they, you know, they have a relation, like, I don't know, like, are they committed or, or whatever? Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know are they going to have a gay marriage? I mean, this was like 19, you know, 1991. So uh, that wasn't, you know, I, I don't, you know, they were like, you know, for gay guys. I mean, I think they were, you know, I think they were, they were sort of boyfriends, um, yeah. by, uh, you know, by rating on a curve. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were trying to, you know, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, they were trying to get. They gave this guy a story. He had overcome so much, and 
like, yeah, you were supposed to see, I think, a human side of Dahmer. Like, there's some reason that he connected with him. There was something, yeah, there was, a, there was some kind of, like, he wasn't just a pure monster, right? There was there was another part of, of this section of the, the series, these episodes we just watched, where Dahmer's, I think when the police were interrogating him, and he said, like, he liked to drug them first before he, he suffocated them because he didn't want them to suffer, which to me was interesting. It was like, so so he's not a sadist, right? He doesn't, like, enjoy them suffering, I don't think. But then, I don't know, but th- this may also be bullshit because later we see the the, 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 the most recent episode we watched, episode seven, you could, uh, is it Glenda, the black woman, the, the neighbor lady? She hears, right, like, these guys screaming in Dahmer's apartment saying, like, ah, oh, it hurts, whatever. And so, you know, it's it's unclear whether, like, Jeff cared about his victim's pain or not. I mean, he says he did to the police, but was that real? Does he truly not want to inflict undue suffering on them? Did he, you know, did he just want to, like, own their bodies and eat them and have sex with them? Or did he care about, you know, that that other whatever, like, like avoiding the pain? Yeah, I mean, it's really a, you know, Dahmer really, I mean, I think Dahmer never understood Dahmer. I mean, one thing you get from the um, you get from the tape, the Dahmer tapes, um, is that he was like super gay in the sense that like it really was like bodies, like men, hard bodies. Like he was really, really into that. Um, and so you know, this was like just so basic to who he was. And you know, you could think, oh, it's just sort of carnal. He just like wants to. I mean, there's obviously something more going on because why would you eat them, right? Um, but you know, he just wants to like maybe have sex with them. And like a mannequin is fine. Like they want them to be dead because like, he just doesn't want them. He just doesn't want human contact. And like, anyway, he doesn't care about any of that. And he just like wants yeah. to enjoy these bodies and like drugging them is like a sort of good way to do that. And then killing them is maybe just a way to, um, uh, to not get in trouble for, for drugging them. Um, and so, yeah, maybe this, I mean, I think, you know, well, maybe this could to be, eat them too. Or yeah. Was, that's yeah. the only part problem. That's the only problem with this. Theory. And he kept souvenirs, right? Like he kept like the bones and the, you yeah. know, the, oh god, yeah, yeah, this is tri- trigger, trigger warning for for people who, um, uh, so this is from the tapes. They started making it into the show so far, so trigger warning. This is pretty disgusting. Um, but he um, he had sex with the insides, like the intestines. Like he was like oh, cutting people Jesus. off and like having having sex with them. <laughs> yeah, this like was, straight up psychopath, man. Yeah. But this was sexual. This is sexual. So you know, I don't know if you've read about like uh, uh, like sexual fetishism. It's like the idea that like you know you you associate something with like the thing that you like sexually, like high heels are associated with like you know attractive women or something like that. So this is the norm. So it's just like I think it's just like the body. He's like so obsessed with the male body, and then like everything yeah. associated with the male body like just becomes a source of sexual pleasure. So like the souvenirs, he's probably you know he's probably enjoying them in a sexual way. You know the insides, like everything. I think that's yeah. like. Uh, like I, think, I think I think so, and yeah. like he's not gonna say that. Like the, the psychiatrist, they were trying to get him, you know, they were trying to get him off, and so they're not gonna say this. It's all just like sex driven. They're gonna say, oh, abandonment issues. Oh, you know, he uh, he was lonely. You know, all the, all this other stuff. Uh, but I think that I think the sex, you know, the, just the sex obsession, I think, is the probably the simplest and best theory for what's going on with Dahmer. I thought the show was interesting where it was. This was, you know, there, there's all these sort of like jokes and then these sort of like, you know, like this politically correct backlash about gay bathhouses, right? Jokes? And like, I, well, well, I've heard jokes of like, oh, yeah, like gay guys hang out at the bathhouses and like that's where they get AIDS and this kind of thing. Like, I remember hearing these jokes growing up and stuff. 
And uh, and then like you know like the most recent like politically correct what uh, ca- you know counter response was uh, you know uh, Joe Biden I think at one of the presidential debates like the primaries he made something like oh you know all this stuff about gay men in bathhouses is just ridiculous it's kind of a non sequitur. <laughs> Uh, I think this was like an example of Biden sort of like losing his his marbles a little bit and like responding to something else. But this show like actually portrayed gay. It's the first time I've ever seen any like fictional portrayal. Like I didn't even know what they were. I was like gay bathhouse. I I I never really thought about like what is a gay bathhouse exactly. And it was like literally a place where like gay guys would like drop ten bucks in a jar and like go inside and hang out in a sauna and fuck other dudes. And it was like this is a real. This was like actually apparently this is a real phenomenon. From like what the '60s to the what eight, right, you know, late '80s up until the AIDS epidemic, like that well, was a real still thing. I, I don't know. Probably not necessary. If you go to Google, you say bathhouses. The first thing that pops up is near me, Porn. so it's people are still searching for it. Oh, okay, I assumed it was going to be like a bunch of like gay porn sites. But, well, all right. the ten best gay bathhouses in Los Angeles. Okay, oh, one is right. called Glamour in Koreatown. What is called okay. Midtown Spa. One is called Flex. One is called the Pleasure Chest. Okay, I think these are. Uh, they seem to be. They seem to be some like fetish All stuff. Right. Yeah. When I type in, yeah, it's the same thing for me. Gay. I type in gay bath, and then the autocomplete is gay bathhouse near me. So I'm looking in London, and yeah, we got the greenhouse, uh, pleasure drome, sweatbox Soho. So Soho yeah, is so the I'm getting, district like, in London. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm getting gay bars and. And strip clubs and sex stores and stuff. So you, you know, you know that house is existing. Meister, yeah, they're probably sauna. not. Yeah, hmm. they're probably Spartan. not. Bad, uh, here's an here's article. Health club. There's a website that specializes in helping you find gay bathhouses. Uh, there are oh, three gay bathhouses in Los Angeles, each in a different area of the city. Okay, so yeah, I don't know why they would go away. I mean, uh, gay men haven't changed that much. So I assume they'd still. I just well, assume it wasn't the idea back then, though. It's like in the seventies, especially. It wasn't like you like there's nowhere else to go. Like if you were gay, it was hard to find. I mean, I guess if you went to gay nightclub, but if you if you're like interested in, or if you meet a guy at a nightclub. Maybe it's a little bit risky to like check into a motel or something, but the gay bathhouse is like the guaranteed place. It's probably less expensive, was my impression yeah. too. Like you didn't have to pay whatever the fee would be well, for it's an overnight probably stay close motel. proximity to the gay bar. And then like yeah. you know, men are like people who live at home with their parents or you know live with their wives. You know, it seems like they would still uh, have use convenience. For a place like that. Yeah, yeah, and I, it was I like, it was like and they showed it in like all of its sort of um, raw. Story. It's yeah. just in, in its rawness, right? Where like like uh, Dahmer walks in, you see like the sex going on around him, like you know a bunch of guys hanging out in a sauna or a, uh, a jacuzzi, and it's like this is and it's really like greasy and like I was surprised the portrayal was. Uh, I think like if they had depicted this like even even ten or twelve years ago, they would have gotten called homophobic, but now that like gay people are so accepted and established in the culture, <laughs> like they they can show this and like not fear any kind of like a uh, mainstream backlash you know like just depicting what it was whereas like if you depicted gay culture as it was when the gay movement was still like in its you know when it was there was this sort of ambiguity around it people have gotten upset right because you remember like these shows 10 or 12 years ago it was like modern family where like every portrayal of a gay man was like you know he's married he has a kid that they yeah. adopted they're straight laced yeah. they tuck their shirts in and go to work they're just like you and me yeah and this is a show of like here's actually it's actually a more accurate representation of gay male culture, and uh, there was no, there's no um, yeah. uh, uh, negative feelings around it. Well, we're we're in, a, I think we're in an era of like 
black and trans is sort of the, the, the you know, it's like the, these things like, you know, they ebb and flow, like which ones we're supposed to pay more attention to and which ones like gay men is like not, you know, not the biggest priority uh, right now. Um, so yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. There was a sort of, it was this propaganda effort to like just sort of sell gay marriage and it's like, oh, they all just want to be like, uh, you know, leave it to Beaver. <laughs> like they're all, you yeah, know, yeah, they're yeah. different than me and you. They're just, you know, they just have a different, they just love somebody else. And that's not, you know, that's, that's not <laughs> yeah, homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, love that's, that's love, not yeah. homosexuality. It's ha- it has its own sort of, uh, norms and, you know, reality. And same with lesbianism, which is, you know, also not the same as heterosexual, uh, relations. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, you know, and it's it's funny. Like the they go, they um, you know, they're trying to do a black victimization thing, and they're trying to do a a gay victimization thing in this thing. And I thought that the show wasn't that woke until we got to um, seven episode seven. So Jesse Jackson, you see Jesse Jackson fall the limousine. You know, Jesse Jackson is like, you know, he was extremely unpopular um, around this time. He was like a perennial candidate for president. Uh, he ran for the Democratic nomination. So you remember when Glenda says, you know, I voted for you. That's because, you know, he, he must have, he must have, in the 88 primaries, maybe 84, he might have ran. He ran for president? Uh, I thought she was talking about like city council or something. No, no, Jesse president? Jackson was, it was like, uh, yeah, Jesse Jackson got the, some, some real votes. Um, you know, he had a, he, he could win over Black's uh, primary results. He might have won a state or two. Let me see here. That's uh, wild. 19, in 1988, uh, Jesse Jackson um, results. Uh, let's see. He won 11. Yeah, he won 11 states. He won Alabama, D.C., states. Georgia, everywhere where there's a lot of black people. Yeah, he won the Democratic primary. Alabama, D.C., Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Puerto Rico, and Virginia, and four caucuses, Delaware, Michigan, South Carolina, and Vermont. <laughs> those white people in Vermont voting for Jesse Jackson. Those are, so, a, no, lot of, those are a lot of red states where the, uh, the, the crime rate is very high. This is the Democratic primary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that surprises me that he was able to, to win so many states. Um, yeah, he was, he was yeah, just a black, okay. the black candidate. And he was, I th- yeah, so it was, she must have voted for him. So he had an 84 campaign too. Let's see how he did in uh, 84. He might I not have remember, won. remember uh, in 2008 when Obama ran, uh, Jesse Jackson was, he was caught on tape. Like, you know, he thought that the cameras weren't rolling. It was like CNN or something. And Jesse Jackson thought that like obama was getting like too big for his britches and he said on the air he was like i want to cut his nuts off and uh yeah. and this clip was like yeah that, that was everywhere for a while and i think he ended up apologizing for it yeah but, i mean today jesse jackson yeah. is just seen as like in retrospect like a race hustler but i guess like for yeah. this show they're kind of like you know this is early 1990s they have to do the race victimization thing so jesse jackson has to be like a, a hero but yeah. he's like he is, and he's portrayed he, that way right he's sitting there with the police like the police chief and i think the mayor or something and they're like look we need you to like cool things off we don't need a race riot and jesse jack's like you're not gonna get rid of me for too long <laughs> this city has been you know oppressing and you know and it was uh yeah they, they yeah, very much like portrayed him as like an upstanding moral icon and, and his foresight where the other black young black guys like this is not our battle son you will know the one day that justice you know he's like yoda he's yeah, like yeah. he's seeing the gay issue is like connected to the injustice against uh, against black people which um, i mean it would be yeah. interesting if you had actually talked to jesse jackson in you know 1990 what are your opinions about black or, or gay people well did he get into the i mean did he go, did he did this happen jesse jackson just the Dahmer thing uh 
Uh, let's see here. Like, did he, I mean, maybe. Like, he was, you know, he was like a cutting edge. I think he probably would have been not very uh, homophobic because he was like, you know, he's like, these, these, these civil rights guys are like left-wing Democrats. And like, to be a left-wing Democrat, you were relatively tolerant uh, on homosexuality. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if he Even was like- Even in this sort of point, though, at 1990? Yeah, okay. Yeah. May, may, I don't know, but it's, uh, yeah, okay. I, I guess it's possible, but I would be- yeah, I would, I would want to see some evidence of that first. My my priors are that he would be like, he would just hold the attitudes of like a, you know, of a black guy in 1990. <laughs> no, no, you have to, he's a black left-wing activist in 1990, I think is the better. I think were, they, the better. were they particularly yeah. uh, forward-thinking on this? Uh, well, look at, look, right? look, at black, look at black leaders on trans issues today. I mean, they're always, they're always on the left, sort of lefting on, left wing of the Democratic Party. I, is that I, right? I, so I, like... Um, let me like, see. Like, let me, uh, let me, let me Ibram, up, Ibram X. Kendi. Like, what's Ibram X. Kendi's take on the trans movement? Right. Like, uh, I, oh, I'm I mean, sure I, he... I, I guess he would probably toe the party line, but I wonder if you like gave him a few beers and asked him, you know, tell us the truth. Like, what do you really? Uh, like, I think Kendi. Him, you know, Kendi's interesting. So here's Jackson's 1988 presidential campaign. Uh, let's see. Uh, reparations for black slaves. Uh, single payer, equal rights amendment. So he's he's a feminist. Formation of a Palestinian state. Uh, uh, let's see, nothing about gay stuff. So Jesse Jackson, nineteen eighty eight, gay rights. Let's see if he let's see if he had anything there. Uh, yeah, here's an article from LGBTQ Nation from two thousand eighteen. How Jesse Jackson helped bring gay rights to the Democratic mainstream. Uh, in 1984, mm. he brought gays and lesbians into the Democratic Party as part of the quote-unquote Rainbow Coalition. So you know this phrase, Rainbow oh. Coalition, was supposed to be like, we're all the minorities and gays and all that. So yeah, Jesse Jackson right. was, uh, was forward-thinking. Yeah, these, yeah, people think these 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 um, these uh, so these uh, you know these race hustlers they have their own um, you know they have their own ideas. <laughs> I stop telling you they yeah, don't. They're just they're just part of you know they're just part of that. Like a broader like activist apparatus. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, all right. I mean, that's yeah, that's not super surprising, but yeah, okay. So he was like, I mean, yeah. So so then within the confines of the show, his attitudes made sense then, and yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, did, uh, that, yeah, that episode wasn't very good. I mean, episode seven, where they really focused on, I mean, did they even show uh, Dahmer at all in that episode? I mean, it was very brief, I think, if at all. Um, it really did focus. Oh, well, it showed him because, but but through, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because they yeah. didn't show the show. Like, we didn't take his perspective in that episode, which was kind of interesting, I guess, is that you took the perspective of Glenda, his black neighbor who lived, you know, right next door to him. And you were seeing Dahmer from the perspective of another person rather than seeing Glenda through Dahmer's perspective. Right. And so, and you could feel like, you know, they're, they're trying to like frame this interaction with Glenda and Dahmer as like being tense and weird and awkward. And Glenda's like hearing these screams coming from the apartment and all of these awful smells. And she gets the uh, landlord to uh to evict him right to give Dahmer an eviction notice yeah. and yeah it was that was interesting too that um apparently it was unsuccessful right like because later on in well you know the, the, the we, sh- we saw the end of the show first in the very first episode and he's still living in that apartment right does he not get evicted 
don't think uh, so. You know, so that wasn't real. The eviction stuff wasn't wasn't real. Um, the yeah. uh, you know the, the the like the manager like did confront him once or once or twice um, or a few times, but yeah, there was no there was no eviction. Uh, yeah, I don't remember how they settled that. You know, this is all. I, I you know you might not you might not know this from the show. You might not be able to tell, but it's it, at the end in Milwaukee. It's all a very time compressed scale so he's going like before like the first and second order it's like nine uh nine years like this is a lot of stuff is happening in just a few months like that yeah. uh, 14 year old kid hughes this is all within like i think this is i think this is all within like a few weeks like he kills like you know in the, in the last like a uh, month or two like he kills like seven or eight guys i mean he's just he's just going crazy he's miracle um, month yeah he's you know this is why he's he he working the hardest that's when yeah, he made his name he worked the he, hard. He, put getting, in, he put in the work that month. Uh, he did put in, he did put in the work. <laughs> yes. Um, if you just looked at like a timeline, uh, timeline okay. of fixed victims. Let's see here. Here's the full timeline. Okay, so like he gets. Um, so then, if the eviction wasn't real. One thing that I found interesting in, in that episode was that uh, the property owner that Glenda talks to to get Dahmer evicted was an African immigrant, right? It was a black guy, but he had a very thick African accent. I was like, okay, this is like, why Why did they make him an immigrant? Why, you know, like, why an African yeah. immigrant? Why not just like okay. a regular black guy? Or why not? Yeah, to, like, a, a, well, that's interesting. Yes, because you're right. You would find African immigrants do it, or maybe maybe Caribbean, who knows? But yeah, you would yeah. find them in those kinds of... Okay, so here's... This is interesting. The, the Dauber timeline. So April 7th, he kills Errol Lindsay. Uh, Tony Hughes is May 24th, 1991. That uh, Asian kid, the 14-year-old, is only three days later, May 27th. Right. So he killed his deaf boyfriend. The Asian kid is three days later. Um, June 30, he kills someone. He kills somebody on July 5th, July 15th, July 19th, gets arrested July 22. <laughs> like last okay. week. You know, he's killed like, careless, it sounded like, too. Well, he was right? the, yeah, they, they were saying like in the um, – you know, we'll maybe we'll see this portrayed in the last few episodes, but they were saying like at the end, he like the bodies were just like piling up. He's like, you know, he would he that fourteen year old kid was. Uh, they brought the cops, brought him back in. I think the deaf guy, his body was still in the uh, was still in the bedroom, and they could have looked oh. and they could have they could have seen it. Was um, it in that like uh, the the metal or the uh, I think it was in that 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 container full of acid, right? Like he was still I, decomposing. I, I think his it's body. Just, I, I don't remember, but I think just the body was there. But they were saying like he was like showering, and there'd be like two piled up. Like he was just like he didn't he couldn't like dispose of them all. <laughs> this is probably like the smell thing, you know. He, he was yeah. if he was careful and spaced it out, but he was just like he was just like he became nuts at the end and just he was manic. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the last, you know, he got he's got you know six victims, not including the guy he got caught for in the last like two months, right? And then before that. Yeah, and then before that, it was it was picking up. Um, so yeah, this was uh, you know this was uh, yeah he was he was he had compulsions uh, unquestionably. So yeah, it's important to sort of remember that like a lot happens like uh, just near the end. Uh, so if this was like a if this was like a TV if they did this chronologically, it would, this is why they went back and forth. Remember we talked about why they started because if they started at the beginning, it would have been very it would have been like a show with like you know seven eight episodes, nothing happens, and then like two episodes, like everything happens, and, and nobody would watch that. People would probably, uh, you know, people probably wouldn't stay interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they jump around quite a bit. I mean, I guess it it, it it works the way that they do it, right? And and they're also there are also these constraints. With uh, you know the actor and you know how old or how young they can make him look, but no, I think they're doing a pretty decent job of like sort of showing his, 
you know, early life and what his family was like and stuff. And then going forward into like what he was doing when he, when he like fully indulged and, you know, became who he was. I mean, how he gets away with it is like, it's so interesting to me because there was a, there was a scene in, in the, you know, one of these episodes where his dad, I think that, who is he talking to? I don't know if it was, it might've been the police or his dad said something like, I, I, I always knew something was wrong, but mm. um, I didn't say anything because like, basically he was afraid. Like he knew something was up with Jeff and he, he never really brought it up with him because he was afraid. There was the scene where he picks up Jeff in, uh, in the prison and uh, and he, he asks him, like, did you talk to uh, anyone in there, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, someone in there? And Jeff's like, no, it was pretty nice. I just, like, read books and hung out and, like, I was left alone. It was, like, not that bad. And, and this dad is clearly upset and distressed because he was, like, you know, he said, like, I, I was hoping someone in there would teach you some stuff about that, that I never taught you. Um and like, yeah, there's, there's just like this, like the dad clearly knew like from, from the beginning that something was up, but never did anything. And his grandma, right. Like there was a, I think like later on his grandmother's clearly like seeing the red flags, but early on um, when, she, when Jeff first moves in with her, she's like, Jeff, I know you're a good person. Even if you don't believe it, like, I know you're good deep down. And so his grandmother is like overlooking all of this stuff, even like in, towards the end when she starts to see like something's going on here. She full she doesn't fully um, uh, accept it because she doesn't tell anyone what her uh, suspicions are. His dad overlooks him. Later, he gets arrested uh, for molesting the Laotian kid, and the judge is like, you know, you're you're you know, I have a son who looks just like you. You're not the kind of guy who belongs in prison and the correct. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then the black tra- trans, you know, what do they call the transcriber? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They zoom right in on her. That was a little, yeah, that was, that was kind of, you know, too on the nose, but, but yeah. yeah so I, I think like the show is trying to highlight, like, you know, what is it like, whether it's white privilege or male privilege or attractiveness, privilege, class privilege, maybe all of the above. Um, Dahmer kept slipping through the cracks, right? Like he, he literally like is, you know, jacking off in the, in the carnival or whatever the, the fairgrounds uh, you know, drunk, drinking beers and jerking off and he gets arrested for that. I think he that's when he gets first registered as a sex offender, right? Mm. Then he then he's caught molesting a kid and the judge yeah. is like, you know what, I'm gonna give you like like one year, you know, you're like you're gonna I don't know what they call it, right? Where he's allowed to like leave prison to go to work every day. Like gives him yeah. an extremely light sentence. And, like and you know what? It was it was uh, actually the so the real so the real story was worse than that. It's like he wasn't even in a prison. It was like sort of a dormitory thing that he came back. <laughs> um, but the courtroom scenes are seem to be exaggerated. A lot of the, I, the, you look like myself. Like I don't think a grandson. I you know I didn't find any evidence that that actually happened. The Laotian family when they're like trying to like they're they're suffering and then like uh, he's you know the the, the uh, you know the guy's like oh excuse me I can't understand your accent. He sort of brushes them off. They weren't in the courtroom. They you know they complain. It was actually worse than that sort of for the system. They they said later that they weren't told. Of like when the when the court when the uh, when was the, taking place, they didn't even get yeah. to go. <laughs> I don't care. By the way, here's the fa- here's something fascinating about those Laotians. So in the show, um, the the second one, the 14 year old, uh, you know, let's uh, the kids uh, the kid's name. Uh, I, I for you know I, I forget, uh, but he's. Um, uh, he tells him like you got arrested for my bro- for my brother. Here's the here's the hilarious. First of all, he didn't meet that kid in like a front of a liquor store. He met that kid at the mall. The second kid, and it turns out they didn't make the connection. Dahmer did not know they were brothers. That kid probably never knew. It was just a coincidence. Like they told uh, Dahmer later 
that they were brothers. Like, imagine how what trash this family is. These guys, like, two of them just happened to go home with Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. Something's going on here. They portray these people as victims, but my goodness. I mean, I, I feel bad for what happened to them, but my goodness. Like, how do you how do you have two sons who go, who go home with Dahmer by, by chance? It's just absolutely wild. Um, yeah, that is. That is a strange coincidence. I mean, yeah, it's either the family. Well, yeah, the family's. Yeah, something's going on there, right? Where like two sons independently. And, well, what? Oh, at least the way the show portrayed it, one of the sons knew, right? Like one of them was like, "I know you molested my brother a while back, or whatever," and like apparently was penalized for it, right? Like Dahmer was in that like work release program for a year in the prison or whatever it was, like the reformatory, and uh, and the, the boy knew and still went home with him anyway. Like, no, you're, getting, you're getting them confused. You're getting them confused. It's, it's the second. The, the the first one was the one he got in prison for. The one who said, "Oh, my brother." That was later. That was you know. Af- that was yeah. That the was, end. But, but he knew though, right? He knew that Dahmer had molested his brother and, the, and the show. was sentenced the show. for it in the show. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not, but, not but he didn't. Yeah, not yeah. in real life. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, still like that's so. So yeah. I mean, like the the. I think the show is taking pains to underscore that like Dahmer was uh, like everyone around him like had these alarm bells ringing, like something's wrong with this guy, or they had the chance to see it. Um, you know, the, 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 the legal system, like just kept letting, like giving him slaps on the wrist. His family was like clearly aware that something was wrong with him and refused to do anything about it. And, uh, you know, yeah, just, just something about that, that like everyone just kept over. And then like the cops too, right? Like literally the cops find the, the underage boy, and just bring it back to Dauber. And it's like, all right, this is a boyfriend, boyfriend thing. Like, it's cool. I'm just gonna, what did you, you sent me something earlier about that too, right? Like apparently the cops were told to, to leave the gay community alone or something. And that's yeah. why this, this yeah. was, in, yeah, this was in, um, yeah, this was in the Jeffrey Dahmer tape. So yeah, I mean, there's this stuff is not going to get played because it's, you know, it's the anti-woke narrative, but yeah, exactly. So they were told them to be sensitive to the gay communities, like, you know, a young boy with that older man. I guess the cops <laughs> probably didn't want to deal with it. I mean, they didn't want to deal with it. It was, uh, this was, I, I think something they were like encouraged to be non-judgmental. Um, okay. So this was, you know, and that's why, and you could see it in the Glenda Cleveland phone call where he tells her, ma'am, it's just, you know, he thinks she wants him to arrest him for like being gay. He says, ma'am, that's not So he's like, you know, he's on his, like, the police is like going out of his way to say, you know, we don't bother people for, for homosexuality. Um, and, you know, this, yeah. was, this was, you know, this was like, you know, gayness was, you know, gay sex was like illegal at a lot of places during this time and probably not the cities, probably the big cities. It had, you know, that all that had gone away. And so, you know, the political leaders were telling people to be, uh, you know, to be, um, to be sensitive. But yeah, this, this, yeah. Is, this is part of it too. That is, it's, it's just such an incredible story. Like they don't, you know, they don't check, like they don't check his ID. Like they have no idea how, how old this kid is. Right. They just, yeah, yeah they don't want the politics. They're just disgusted by the whole thing. Um, and like the whole uh, confluence yeah. of circumstances let, yeah, Jeff off the hook, right. Where they, that's interesting to me that they were told this and they didn't want a political firestorm, right? Like, like, let's say that he asks for ID or, you know, like if the cops were concerned that Jeff would suddenly become violent and this would turn into a scene, and, yeah. and suddenly, the, you know, the cops are concerned that the narrative becomes like police are harassing gay men in this community. And then, you know, this ignites this whole controversy. So they're just like, you know what? Like, here's two gay guys. Maybe one of them looks a little young, but whatever. Like, none of our business. It's fine. It leaves. And yeah. to them, they were thinking like, OK, I'm, I'm being politically correct. I'm doing the right thing. I'm leaving them alone. I'm, you know, fine. 
And then later it turns out, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, I guess this, this is sort of like the second order consequences that no one thinks yeah. about when you're like, you know, leave I, people alone, don't, don't prosecute anyone. Yeah and, th- yeah, and this is yeah, and there's another you know interesting. We talked about this a little bit about drilling the hole in the kid's head. So he was that Dahmer says that happened, and he, um, you know, he did it to the uh, uh, for the other guy too. So he was trying to like experiment and try to like create people into zombies. So he did it to his friend Tony Hughes, the deaf mute guy who apparently loved tried to make he tried to make him into a zombie. It didn't work. He just died. Um, and then this kid, he was trying to do the experiment, and it worked a little bit, but the kid like ran outside. Um, and then, you know, he tried to put more acid into his head. So to, like, wait, wait a minute. What, what's the experiment? What's he trying to do to them? Just like keep them conscious, but like immobile. Yeah, exactly. Like trying to make them like subservient and like unable to, so he like drill a hole in their head and then draw some acid and not kill them. Where did he, he <laughs> learned this from a movie or where did he get this I idea? Mean, I got, in, the, in the interview, he just says, yeah, it was just my idea. I sort of came, it's came my up idea. with it. I'm just like, <laughs> Like playing darts, like hoping you hit the right spot of the brain to to keep them alive. But yeah, yeah, it's not a. Uh, yeah, this is why I think he's sort of. A, yeah, he's probably just a sexual sadist. Like he doesn't care what parts of the brain he hits. He just wants them to be alive and warm and having sex. With, like he just, he's just. Uh, you know, it's just all. I think it's just all sex. I mean, I think it really. You know, I think it is. But yeah, this. Uh, but this kid. Yeah, this kid dies. You know, he, so he was like perfecting this method. Like at the time, you know, he uh, he got yeah, caught. Yeah. Maybe that's why he was killing so many people in such a short time because of these experiments, and he was just trying to get it right. And yeah, he was a, maybe he was a perfectionist. He was trying to trying to get the yeah. trying to get this down. I mean, his Dumber's an interest. I mean, one of the things that the show does repeatedly with him is um, he 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 makes himself into a victim. Um, yeah. You know, like, like, well, the most recent episode we watched, episode seven, where you know he's he's trying to get Glenda to to rescind her request to have him evicted, and he's like, you know, you're, you're just like my dad and my grandma, you know, like all I want to do is, you know, like like uh, whatever, go to work and pay the bills, whatever. Just like everyone wants to make me out to be a victim, uh, or everyone everyone makes me out to be a bad guy, and then um, you know when he when he's caught molesting the kid. And his dad is like, Jeff, like, what's wrong with you? And Jeff's like, you know, all I wanted to do was take some pictures. Why is everyone getting on my case? I just wanted to take some photos of the guys practicing photography. I'm not allowed to have hobbies. Like, he literally said it. He's like, okay, I guess I'm not allowed to have hobbies now. Um, So every time someone challenges him on, like, you know, something, you know, his his weird behaviors or his crimes, he's always like, you know, why is everyone getting on my case? You know, this is like a very kind of like, criminal like psycho like yeah i i haven't seen the Dahmer tapes but i've seen some other like accounts and other interviews with like criminal like violent criminals in prison and they constantly do this like they play this victim narrative which i guess is the point of the Dahmer tapes right is like exploring his psyche trying to figure out like how to spin his life into a narrative of a victimhood and like the most minor inconveniences they turn it into like everyone's out to get me this sort of like persecution complex and yeah, I find this interesting that like you know the show is unafraid of depicting this, of like showing that you know despite Dahmer being a monster, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are psychopathic will will try to elicit sympathy from you to to kind of overlook what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not that impressed with with that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I you know he's he's a bad guy. You know, I don't think the sh- I mean the show shows he maybe has a good side with this. 
you know, this kid, Tony Hughes, uh, you know, the fact that he, they didn't show him, like, try to make him into a zombie. They didn't do that for this deaf kid, like, after, you know, all his, you know, like, that guy doesn't have enough problems. He's drilled, Dahmer's drilling holes in his head. Like, they could have made you hate Dahmer worse. Like, the true story. Like, you could have done the relationship, then you could have done that, too. They don't even show you killing him. Like, I, I was interested in, the, in that choice. Like, it's like we were so close to, like, oh, Tony, the lovable deaf mute who's just, like, wants to be a model and has big dreams and is just, like, such a good guy. Like, they kind of really broken our hearts by, <laughs> like, showing some graphic, you know, uh, some graphic things. But no, they, they don't show us killing at all. I thought that was a very, I thought that was a very interesting uh, cinematic choice. Yeah. 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 That was, I was surprised by that. Like, they didn't show, I mean, was that, I mean, it might have been hard on the viewer, too. Like, we've already seen so much gruesome uh behavior and like all of these graphic scenes from Dahmer that like you know seeing him kill the guy that we've all like like this is the victim that we sort of have have grown to sympathize with the most and then see Dahmer kill like that would just like I think a lot of people may actually stop watching like if, mm. if they had actually shown Dahmer like brutally kill this guy I think that would have been too much for a lot of viewers I, a lot I of people are so. already thinking, thinking that's too much like if mm. you see some of the people talking about this show they're already kind of like you know, there's this moral ambiguity about it. You and I talked about this before of like, you know, I don't really like this, but if you see Dahmer killing like the most sympathetic and kind of what like lovable yeah. character, that might've been too much for a lot Maybe. of people. Maybe, but yeah. as an artistic choice, I think you have to show like how, like these people have, you know, lives and they're, you know, they have people who care about them and then they have dreams and then Dahmer, <laughs> you know, kill, kills them. You like, don't, you only can see him killing the people who like, you don't know anything about like, oh, the, like, who cares about this other guy? You know, he had a story too, but like this, thing, because been, we story, I agree. We it would have been braver. It would have been a braver artistic choice to have him kill him and, and show it in all of its graphic you know in, in all of its sort of graphic brutality but yeah on the other hand they do have to bear in mind like we want people to watch this we don't want to like like start start a uh you know a, a protest against our show for being like too over the top i mean you know because i've talked to other people who are watching this series i talked to my sister my sister likes these kind of shows like true crime whatever and even she is like yeah this show is like makes me feel weird like i i like it and i'm enjoying it but it's still kind of like to know all of this stuff happened is like pretty horrific so yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine people feeling, you know, like uh, like the, the, the creators knew, like they probably you know, test screened this with audiences in advance, and like maybe they even had, maybe maybe they actually had yeah. a scene yeah. of of Dahmer killing uh, Tony, and they they you know they tested audiences, and they were like, no, I don't like this. Like take this out, or like the 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 people responsible for for uh, is that, is that how they make movies and they test to see what the market likes. I, I hope I, I don't want art to be like that, but that's apparently a lot of it. A lot of, a lot of, well, they do that with movies. I don't know if they do that with TV shows because there's so much content, but with movies, I have heard this, that like they actually do like test audiences and ask them which parts they liked and disliked. And we'll actually make uh, ed edits and cuts based on, based on uh, early screenings and stuff. So maybe, maybe they did that mm. with this. Yeah. In in interesting. Yeah. So not everyone yeah, so has a heart of stone like you, Richard, where they want to see the, the murder <laughs> of these very nice, you know, I, deaf, gay, I, mute supermodels. <laughs> I want people to hate Dahmer. I mean, I think that you, 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 it's the temptation is too much to 
sort of, you know, like uh, look past it and say, oh, this is, we know him. Like the woman, the the lawyer who was like his defender, uh, who was, uh, I don't think she was a public defender. I think oh, his dad could afford all this. But, um, you know, she was like sad when Dahmer died and she like grew close to him because she spent 30 hours talking to him. And like mm-hmm. anybody who spends 30 hours talking to somebody about everything in their life, you know, is naturally going to develop sympathies. So it's natural. If you watch 10 episodes on Dahmer, an hour each, 10 hours of Dahmer, it's very natural to sympathize. It's just like it's hard, no matter how bad the person <laughs> is, just because yeah. we, you know, familiarity with, with a person. Um, yeah. And we, we need, it needs to be beaten into your head, like beaten into your head, like no pun intended, but like you, you know, they, you should have, <laughs> you have to hate this guy. You should, you, you, you could enjoy the show or enjoy it or, or, you know, uh, get, get into it for the time, but no, he's an evil guy and like yeah what he did was terrible and you know accept it like you just you have to embrace that there's something about that like i remember um seeing these interviews with david chase about the sopranos and how he he was actually continually frustrated that the audience liked tony and this is actually why like if you compare the last two seasons of the sopranos to the first like the first few Tony becomes like much more of an asshole and much more of a despicable character. And that was basically yeah, David Chase's intentional decision to say like, you need to stop liking this guy. He's a monster. He's a murderer. He's a criminal. He's a thief. Yeah. He cheats on his wife. Like what's wrong with you people that you like him. And they, you know, the, the final few episodes, like Tony's just such a jerk. Um, and so, so yeah, I think there's something like, if you follow a character long enough, there was a nice piece about this. Uh, there's a subsect piece, I think from Eric Hole. Um, basically, yeah, if you follow a character long enough, you'll start to identify with them. And this is why even if you make a show about a villain, uh, if, if the villain is the protagonist, he automatically becomes an antihero, um, yeah. not a villain. And, you know, I've, I've heard this, like, you know, people who, who watch, like, a, a lot of Hitler documentaries or biographies, and they're like, I don't know, like, it's weird, I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> like, I can kind of see, because you're seeing everything through their perspective, which could be, you know, can be dangerous, it can be risky, I guess, if it's not... Uh, you know, balanced by depicting their, uh, their crimes and their, you know, reprehensible acts. So, yeah. I, I, and again, I think, yeah, this is why that the, the Netflix series started with a pretty like, yeah, I mean, the more I think, you know, Dahmer, like he didn't like the, the first thing we saw was Dahmer killing or, or attempting to kill the black guy in his, in his apartment. And he's waving a knife in his face and the guy's screaming and like clearly in fear. And, uh, and he was like, Dahmer's like, why are you screaming? And the guy was like, because you're pointing a knife in my face. And Dahmer's like, well, if you stop running, I don't have to, right? Like playing this weird, like mental, like these mind games with him and like to establish that like, you know, yes, we're about to go back to this guy's childhood and, and see him grow up and everything. But like, this is who he becomes. So, you know, you can't, you can't really feel too bad for him, but you still kind of do. You know, I talked to uh, to Zach Goldberg, uh, you know, just just uh, chatting with him. He was like, "Yeah, like I, even I, I kind of felt bad for him in some parts of the show, which is like weird to say." And yeah, I think uh, the viewer can't help but feel that. Yeah, I think I don't though. I, I think I, I, I no, I hate him. I really hate him. <laughs> okay, and I don't like. I think it's a natural human. Th- like I don't know. Like mm. I guess you know. I, I liked. I liked. Yeah, but I like. I like Tony Soprano. Um, and oh, you know, there's a, well, there's a fictional a character, yeah. There's, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, he didn't. No, if, if he was real, I, could, I think I could still, I mean, I think I could still like he. I mean, he has Tony's little bit, I mean, balance. Look, he has some things like you know, he has like individual courage, like even if it's not a good, being like a good person, but like having you know, having balls, like Dahmer. 
you know, he doesn't even have that. Like he's like he's he's like drugging people that doing stuff to them. He's you know he's disgusting in sort of every way. He he doesn't have like leadership qualities of men. He could you know like you know Tony Soprano does. Um, nothing that's cool or glamorous or like you know even like if Soprano's Tony Soprano's a bad person overall, you say you know there's cool. There's the leadership. There's the there's you know something the, the, there. The, the, the taking control. Exactly. There's taking care of the family. There's loyalty right to the to the uh, to his to his uh, loved ones. Right. There's there's something there. And Dahmer is just you know pathetic you know pathetic like yeah. it's like it's like pathetic and evil um and you know a thousand times more evil than than tony soprano and yeah i i don't i think it's the evil combined with like the lack of any other trait that a thousand I find. times more evil i mean he uh, yeah tony is responsible for I, this is weird to compare like an actual serial killer <laughs> to a fictional you know guy from an hbo show but like tony is responsible for probably many more deaths than Dahmer, right so <laughs> i mean i agree yeah. that there's more re- you know, redemptive qualities for Tony. There's something to admire. Like, you know, you could get a, like, I would get a beer. Like most, most people I think who, who like the Sopranos would definitely get a beer with Tony. No one would want to hang out with Dahmer even for a second, yeah. right? Like no one would want to get anywhere near well, this guy. Okay. So. Well, yeah, a couple of things. I mean, Tony, first of all, the people, a lot of the people he killed, maybe all of them, but you know, most of them at least they were quote unquote in the game. So like, there is like this moral distinction between people who are like mobsters and like, they're just, you know, they're in the game and those who are just like innocent people, right. Just picking up people off the streets and, and killing them, I think is, uh, I think is worth because they, it's like they go into the life and they know the risks and it's sort of like, you know, there's, there's like sort of rules to this, uh, to this whole there's thing. There's a code. Yeah. I mean, there were other, right. Like the, the, like ordering the death of Adriana, there were some other sort of like, well, I mean, I mean she, she was, was look, she was a part of the, she was, a, I'm sorry, she was in the game. She was in the she, game. I mean, she, she kind was, of knew what was going on, but yeah. But there were, there I were, don't. She was, uh, she, was, uh, she was attracted. These women, they're attracted to it. I mean, they, they like these yeah. guys specifically for that reason. And they can't go, you can't go to the FBI and then, and you know, uh, spoiler <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, she was like the most innocent of his like direct victims. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any anyway, like it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard to like defend either way. Like they're both like pretty bad. Obviously, yes, I I, I agree. Like on the whole, Dahmer's worse. So yeah, I mean, and then doing it, but doing it for sexual pleasure is worse to me also than doing it for financial gain. I mean, yeah, and, and also so- like. Yeah, yeah, for financial gain, and also, yeah, because he was, well, he was born into it, and he's, like, there's a code that he believes he has to respect, and so on, whereas, like, yeah, yeah, and, and, like, there's a sloppiness to it, like, Dahmer is just, like, you know, he's kind of dull, we talked about how smart he was before, and, like, I I was, like, more or less, you know, he's probably not a dumb guy, but then, you know, seeing him, like, flunk out of, um, Ohio State with a 0.45 GPA. Well, I, w- I would have taken he... that as reflective. I would have taken that as reflective. I mean, he had problems. I mean, like, I, I think he probably had, like, you know, he wasn't probably the most diligent student. He was just, you know, Dude, his... how do you fail out of Ohio State in like I 1978? Had, I, 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 I... My GPA at a very low class high school was like zero point eight or something. Um, you can, my I mean, you year. have to like so you. I mean, what do you do? Just like literally not go to like like yeah, do zero yeah. of any you do zero work. work. They give you a paper. You just go to sleep and you hand it back. And you could you could be smart and do that. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't think Dauber. I, uh, I don't think. I mean, well, you you can be smart and do that, but like the people who are smart and do that, that's pretty. I mean, yeah. So, it's so rare, but Dahmer, Dahmer is rare. Dahmer is not, yeah, you know, Dahmer has some unusual yeah. qualities. So then he gets kicked out of the army for, for drinking, right? Yeah. Like, that was the reason. And, I mean, yeah, just there's just this overall unimpressive, you know, he's just like a very unimpressive guy in every way. So, 
I mean, I guess despite, you know, besides the fact that he was able to get away with so many murders for so long, like that in itself was kind of like, you know, uh, weirdly yeah. impressive. Well, was, wasn't but, Dahmer tall too? How tall is Dahmer? <laughs> we're, we're really grasping for straws here. Like, you know, is there anything to be, oh, he was a tall guy. All right. Well, he was, you know, the best kind of look, you know, like, shape. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, he was six feet tall. Uh, you're a blonde white guy with, you know, six feet tall. You are, um, you've got, I mean, you've got it made. I mean, if you, you if you wanted women. Have to, well, even if you wanted men, right? Like, if you're a yeah. gay guy, no, like, that's right, still, right. like, a desirable phenotype, right? So he didn't even have to. Like, if he just cultivated, like, he was already in good shape. He took care of his body. If he just, like, yeah. developed something resembling a personality, he probably could have just yeah, like he, fucked his way he through he, uh, he didn't want to deal with like talking to them. He didn't like want the uh, inconvenience of people like being alive what and having that? a brain. That wasn't because, because there are psychopaths who do that, but like who, who just like managed to charm their way through and have sex with people and then never talk to them again. And like, in a way like that is like, uh, like, like that kind of person wouldn't do, you know, they do okay in the gay community, right? Like if you're a good looking guy, you just want to fuck a bunch of dudes and never want to talk to them again. Like there's, there are people who would be interested in that, but Dahmer didn't want to do that even. So there was something else. Yeah. Something else about him that he, he wanted to kill these guys. I think, I think it wasn't just about like, uh, you know, whatever, wanting to keep them or wanting them to love him or anything like that. Like he, there was something in him that enjoyed the the murder aspect of it too. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah really I'm, I'm unsure if he was sadistic. So there's the theory that, yeah, he wanted to kill them and you know do all these things to them. And then there was, you know, this other one where how much of it is it just, he wants bodies and he wants to drug them. And he just, you know, I guess you could, you know, cause yeah. So he starts, remember the bathhouses, he starts just by drugging them and having sex with them and he gets in trouble. Right, the guy yeah. says you're banned from the bathhouse. You have to go to the hotel. Right, so he, like his ideal is maybe just drug them and have them. You know, he doesn't have to kill them, uh, but then you have to kill them because they're going to wake up and they're going to go to the police uh, otherwise, and he can't have that. So killing them could just be a way to have sex with you know unconscious men. But then he he killed them and you know ripped them open and kept their remains and like yeah, but it's still it's our fetish. It's our fetish. I mean, I think this is this is fetish. uh, Yeah. So the the question is like, if he could like whatever purchase a corpse at the supermarket rather than like kill a guy, would he have done that instead? Like, the was beginning. there something about the, the actual murder component of like actually like you know taking a life? Was there something thrilling about that? I, I'm inclined to say yes, but you know, yeah, yeah because I did say I like in the show, I, yeah. I, I drugged them because I didn't want to see them suffer. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just that's hard for me to believe. Like I think there is something about him that enjoyed the uh, the, the the killing, the actual like extinguishing a life. I would but, guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at like stories about other psychopaths and serial killers, they enjoy torturing animals when they're kids. I mean, that is like yeah. one, um, you know, one 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 marker. But Dahmer, at least the, the way that the show portrays it, maybe there's you know stuff stuff that he talks about later. But in the show, he doesn't actually kill animals. He drives around picking up roadkill, right? Like the animals are already dead, and then they cut it open. And Dahmer's fascinated by the insides and the process of it and everything, but. It's interesting that, like, apparently Dahmer never actually went out and, like, killed a raccoon himself and, or, like, got into hunting or, yeah. you know, torturing animals in that way. So maybe he didn't actually enjoy the killing part. He just liked having the body and, and exploring the insides and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't know because, yeah, this is Dahmer's 
testimony. So Dahmer, I think, probably doesn't want himself. He, you know, he, he tries to portray himself as a guy who, you know, put them to sleep. He didn't want them to suffer. So I think it wouldn't be in his interest to say, I went around torturing animals when I was a kid. So he would be the source for that. And he doesn't say he does. And maybe it's true. And maybe uh, it's not. Um, but if I was going to guess of like whether he got enjoyment, I think it changed over time. I think he started out just the sex and he just wanted, you know, I think he just wanted to drug them. And then probably near the end, he started enjoying it. He started feeling like he has this godlike power. He doesn't start off with the arch kill. The thing that's always consistent is is, is uh, this homosexuality, his obsession with uh, these bodies, you know, wanting to have sex with them, not wanting them to leave because, you know, he's enjoying them. Or maybe it's loneliness. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's, yeah, the no, I think there, you know, now, I'm, now I'm starting to accept that because there was a very long period uh, there was a long stretch of time between his first murder and his second one, right? Like he killed the first guy. I think he was only 17 or 18 when he killed the hitchhiker. Yeah. Um, and then like, what, like eight or 10 years passed some extremely long amount of time before he started killing again. And so like, yeah, it's possible the first time, you know, it was like sort of an accident. Maybe he was just upset. Maybe he, you know, he wanted this guy and the, and he couldn't have him. And that was just the most sort of immediate and efficient way to get to have this guy in his body. Uh, and then later, yeah, like maybe just having sex with guys in the bathhouses, that was pretty easy for him. But once he started running out of options, he's yeah. So maybe he wasn't. Um, yeah. Like the killing had like no particular thrill for yeah. him. In, yeah. So like after, his second, after, after a second victim, his third victim is only two months later. So he waits nine years. Uh, and then, yeah, then he waits two months, then he waits two months and then he, um, and then he, yeah. And then the next one after that is, uh, uh, the next day, does he, does he kill two guys in a row? So he kills, uh, oh no, no, no one a year. Okay. So he, uh, this is no, wait, this is interesting. So he waits two months and then two more months. So he has a, a fourth and then a year. So he goes a year between ni- March 24, 1988 to March 25th, 1989, uh, where he stops again. And then it, you know, it starts to, it starts to pick up. Um, so yeah, it seems like he's, he's acquiring, you know, that taste. And then from May, 1990 until the end, it's just, you know, super, uh, super fast pace. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, he's changing. He's changing over this time and, you know, he's getting older. I think a lot of guys who are losers, like, you know, the ones I know, like when they're young, they're connected to something. So they start out at high school, maybe they're losers, but there's like people they see every day. Right. So they have like, maybe they, they're not the best at making friends, but they're, they have like acquaintances and they have people they see at school. So like school keeps you doing stuff. And then like these people, sometimes they'll go to, they'll go to community college or they'll go to, you know, Ohio state, whatever that was in 1978. It's like something like low rank college and their parents are still taking care of them. So they still have some connection to the family as they grow up, as they become, you know, 25, 30, all those connections, the high school, the, you know, the college, um, the family, you know, the parents are not, you know, the parents are getting older and they're not, you know, taking care of them all the time. All that sort of moves away and they become like more lonely or like worse versions of themselves. And I think this is what happened with uh, Dahmer, right? He's, you know, his, he's, he's got like people he sees, you know, at school, he has, you know, he sees people at, at college, he's the army, the army gives him some structure. Um, but then when all that's gone, it's just him living in the black ghetto in Milwaukee, you know, thinking about all the, you know, all the guys he wants to kill and eat, right? And so yeah, he just he, he maybe getting like more like weirder too, like more because when you don't have like feedback from people around you, like you can start to like become like feral and weird and whatever. And like, yeah, once he sort of like completely loses connection with his family, his friends, any kind of structure, um, yeah, his only uh, interest, right? He just becomes more and more preoccupied with 
just killing like that's his only source of enjoyment or gratification or something so yeah that's that that's possible too yeah because that is like he is a little bit older than the typical age i think for someone who um you know, who's interested in murder, right? Like once you reach your like early thirties, that's usually when like criminality starts to taper off. It really peaks usually in the early twenties. But at that point, Dahmer was still like with like embedded within society in some way. Mm-hmm. And like people around him were still trying to help him. He still lived with his grandmother. He still had family around him. But yeah, once he's living alone, it's like, you know, what? like he's just completely, completely able to, to fully unleash who he is and and have no one no no one to like to worry about or to impress or like yeah. try to have a semblance of normality for yeah and i wonder like it would have been better for him if his dad like cut him off earlier didn't try to help him or maybe because he he's by the time you know his dad's sort of coddling him he's bailing him out he's letting him live with his grandma he doesn't have to pay rent if he was forced to go work and like pay his own rent um, you know, maybe he would have developed into a different person. He would have became more responsible. Um, but he didn't have to pay rent. He always had a place to stay, um, no matter, no matter what. Um, and, you know, but if his dad does kick him out, but the, by that time it's too late, he's already killed a few people in his grandma's house. In addition to those guys from before. So he's just, all he knows is now is killing and he just moves into the, you know, uh, you know, this, uh, this black area in, in Milwaukee. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I wonder if he just sort of would have been like, you know, would have been better without people trying to help him because he would have had to, he would have, you know, he would have been forced to like sink or swim out there in the world. And maybe he would have developed normal, nothing, not great normal human relationships, but like, I don't know, like just had buddies or something uh, that he met at work or the gay club or whatever. Like if he was just able to go out. And or just even in the army, him. right? Like if his dad was like, you're joining the army and if you get out, like there's, I'm, I'm, no one's helping you, right? Like you're not moving with your grandma. I'm not going to help you. So it's up to you. But I think there's, it's possible that while he was in and he was drinking every day and, you know, performing, you know, he's su- su- putting in a subpar for performance, he knew that, like, well, if they kick me out, I can always just move back in with my grandma. But if he didn't have that, maybe he would have been a better, uh, you know, a better, what is he, he's in the army, so a better soldier yeah. and, uh, you know, not not drink himself to, to blackout drunk every day, right? And... Yeah, because he he did have like some potential. Pro- like you can't you can't be a medic without being like a, a little bit intelligent, right? Like there is you have to take the standardized test to join the military, and you know depending on your scores, there are certain jobs you qualify for. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I imagine like most of the medics that I knew, like they were pretty smart guys. So there probably is like a, a, a fairly high cutoff score for that kind of training. And then when he gets kicked out, he was a phlebotomist, so he was responsible for drawing blood at a clinic or a hospital or something. And that, like, that's a job that you can't be a complete idiot for. So he had like some underlying aptitude, yeah. but well, why yeah, did I keep, I keep, he had an IQ test in We talked about this, and I see two claims floating around the internet. One said it was one seventeen. Yeah, I see one forty-five. No. Yeah, the one seventeen made it into a book. Um, so yeah, here's Reddit was actually 117. He took an IQ test once. Let's see if uh, he had an IQ. Yes, these are people were saying on Reddit. Um, 145 sounds like an even number, while 117 is uneven. So I think that that's like, that sounds more that realistic. More and more real. Yeah, but you yeah. know, he wasn't like stupid enough to get like a 0.8 or 0.4 GPA or whatever. I don't think that that's his, uh, you know, I don't think that that's reflective. Yeah, that was more a result of like laziness and like just i mean like that's the sort of like criminal personality type of just like not wanting to put in any effort to anything that doesn't personally interest you 
and yeah, just sort of like uh, uh, being like intentionally oppositional to authority and, you know, but then like at the same time making yourself out to be a victim. So yeah, he was a smart guy. I mean, if he was able to be, a, a, you know, qualified to be a medic and yeah, maybe having this sort of like soft landing pads for him. Although eventually, yeah. you know, he did kind of find his way out, like where he got a job, he, he moved into that apartment in the ghetto and he was, I mean, maybe by that, yeah, by that point it was too far gone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe if he had been punished early on, right? Like he 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 had so, like, multiple run-ins with the police and with the legal system, and he always got like the lightest possible sentence. But maybe if he, you know, when he first got caught, um, you know, uh, uh, what masturbating in the uh, carnival, and uh, they were just like, "No, you're, you're we're going to put you in jail for six months." Like that would have been enough to redirect his trajectory although i don't know man like someone like that i don't know if it's actually possible to, to really do anything right like that is someone who he, yeah like it's just hard for me to believe that any kind of environmental uh intervention would would change someone who's, who's yeah i mean look he, he yeah and who knows like his first killing was like accidental like who knows if even that's true right like it's like he's the only source like it makes him look better to like say oh i started off it was an accident and then saying a second when he blacked out like that's you know that makes him seem more like like i don't know like he just built up to it he wasn't always sort of like this so you know who knows like he might have just been you know a, a murderer and a psychopath and just somebody who wanted to kill people and a sadist you know just from the uh from the very beginning um yeah and so yeah, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I mean, I think in general, I think in general, it is very uh, bad thing when I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. I read I'm, this somewhere uh, about yeah. So I, I, I don't remember which article this was in. I just saved this excerpt from it. Uh, Dahmer was rated as an average or slightly above average soldier during his first year of service, uh, and one of his fellow servicemen later claimed that. The medic, meaning Dahmer, repeatedly raped him over a 17-month period. Dahmer's performance later deteriorated due to his excessive drinking. In March 1981, his superiors decided Dahmer's drinking impaired his ability to function as a soldier, but because no one in charge thought his drinking and performance problems would have a significant impact on his ability to function in civilian life, Dahmer got an honorable discharge. (laughs) So this is like another example of Dahmer sort of slipping through the cracks where he clearly had, you know, well, like one of the medics is like accusing him of raping him. He is superiors recognized Dahmer has a drinking problem and they still give him an honorable discharge uh, because they just, ah, oh, you know, he'll be fine in the real world in the civilian world. It's not going to cause him any troubles. But if they had given him uh, a dishonorable discharge, which is actually like a pretty serious uh, black mark on someone's record like this may have also been a wake-up call for him too although maybe not that may have just accelerated his his downward spiral because it's much yeah. harder to get a job who knows uh, i was just i was um, just saying you know he might have you know he, he might have just needed structure but yeah i mean he did get that in the military and he just drugged and raped guys I'm like you know it's like no matter what he yeah. was gonna just I, drunk and I, drug and rape it's guys hard like, for me to say like they may have been able to prolong uh or uh, delay or like reduce the number of total victims. But like, if that's, if a guy is capable of that, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know if there's much you can do to, to, to like completely uh, thwart uh, that trajectory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's just, this guy was just, you know, 
I, I don't know if you could have any rules like, oh, can you catch the next Dahmer? There's not a lot of Dahmers. I mean, there's not a lot of people who are this bad um, and this compulsive and get away and do this. There's no much. serial I mean, killers anymore. Is that is that because? Um... I th- yeah, I like, is, is that are. because technology is too? Are there like who's the like? I think we just we pay less attention to them. Let me see. Serial killer arrested. Let me see what we can call. I, it was like a genre for a while, and now we don't really. So here, the, like Stockton, so here, guy was just arrested in Stockton, California. Okay. He killed at least six men. He just went around yeah. shooting them randomly. So this this is like the kind of thing that might have been like a headline story in the nineteen seventies. Uh, I think he was a black guy. I think he was was he shooting Hispanics or something? Let me see here. Uh, he people he he just would quietly approach me, uh, people on the street and then shoot them. Six men were killed. One woman got shot and survived. Um, so yeah, this this was like the you know like Zodiac, Son of Sam. How many did these guys kill um, back in the heyday of serial serial killers? Zodiac deaths. Let's see. So oh, he did thirty seven. Wow, that's okay. That's serious. Uh, Son of Sam. Mur. Uh, uh, let's see how many the son of Sam did. He killed only six. So son of Sam killed only six, right? And so that was like a big, like uh, a big thing. So I, I think we're, I think we just don't, I mean, we don't, we don't, don't care. Just don't get as much media attention. Is that well? The other thing is like, I mean, you said this guy who was going around shooting people was black. Like, you know, if you're a black serial killer, are you going to get that much attention? Like, are there like are there white serial killers who would? Let's see. Yeah, know, good, good, good point. Let me see yeah. here. So there's stock. There's the Stockton guy. Uh, let's see. Suspected. Let me, I'm just trying to see these headlines. Suspected serial killer. We haven't had an intelligent one in a while. Now maybe intelligent men are getting like we had Bundy had like there was a lot of uh, uh there was a lot of um uh coverage of Bundy who was Ted Bundy was like intelligent. Yeah, he was a really reasonably intelligent guy too. But maybe if you're a, an intelligent or at least reasonably intelligent white guy, like, you know, like you don't need to kill anymore. There's other ways to, or maybe you just are smart enough to know you'll get caught because there's, it's just too hard. Um, or maybe you, you or maybe are better, they become able. better at not getting caught, right? Like they watch, maybe they watch Dahmer on Netflix and see all his mistakes and they're like, all right. So, you know, point yeah, taken. I don't know, you know, that's how you avoid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hard. I mean, we have best shooters now. Uh, yeah, so, mass shooters, school shooters. Let's yeah. see. Are there, white guys? there was there was a black guy who was arrested. Is another black guy? So maybe that's why it doesn't count. But he was like he claimed to have killed like all these black prostitutes. Like there was like some massive uh, number. Uh, let me see here. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, those aren't going to get that much play in the mainstream, right? Like you need to have like a you know like like, like a, a Ted Bundy type, like a like a decent looking, good looking white guy killing sorority girls. Or like a, a you know blonde white guy killing poor black people in in the ghetto like those are the here's oh, here's a Wikipedia page helpful list of serial killers in the United States and it's broken down by time uh, so let's see if we have some very recently uh, years active okay so the first one was a man named Samuel Mason in 19 years active 1797 to 1803 had 20 plus victims okay and then you go all the way down Ripper and then you have uh you have okay so you have these guy you have these people who killed like retta maze there's a guy in 2018 was arrested for killing seven looks like he was a retta maze what is that kind of name uh, oh insulin wow injecting them with lethal lethal doses with uh insulin uh elderly military veterans this was uh oh. wow this was this could have been a big story this was a woman 
who was a nurse and just would inject uh, elderly veterans and kill them. And this was in 2018. Right. That seems like that I wonder could be what, uh, like what her like what did she get out of that? That's interesting. Like well, the people who kill for for no like the guy going around shooting people, like the people who kill just for the sake of killing, right? Like you can uh, there's like something I understand. Okay, you're killing people for like you know if you're Tony Soprano, you're killing them for financial gain or something. Or, you know, you're killing them for some, like, weird sexual fetish. But if you're just killing people, right, like, that is... Uh, you know, you that's know, funny. There's, the, there's, they think they're all black. There. You know, there's a myth that, like, all serial killers are white, but I'm looking at them from last decades and, like, maybe this I'm was all... Sure, I'm pretty sure they're disproportionately black, but the media yeah. doesn't like those ones, right? <laughs> like, those aren't going to get the... They're not going to make a movie about that. They're going to make... They'll make seven movies about Ted Bundy before they make one about a black guy, so... Yeah, that's, and that's that's white privilege. That's what it is. It, it is yeah. white. You know, it is white privilege in a way. You're, it is because people. You're like, a white guy, anyway. and you kill a bunch of people. You get a movie made out. You get multiple. You get a Netflix deal. It's pretty. You know, black guy. You yeah. kill a bunch of people. It's like you know, media sweeps that. Yeah, proven. So there's you could list them by proven victims or possible. Oh, okay. Here's the guy. Here, this guy is the biggest serial killer in history. You probably never heard of him. His name is Samuel Little. He was arrested in uh, 2000. Uh, he was. Uh, was he executed? Let's see what happens to him. Uh, no, he just uh, he killed sixty-one known proven. Whoa. He claims many more um, proven victim sixty-one. He claims ninety-three plus, um, and he was uh, arrested in two thousand five. Died in two thousand twenty. He allegedly killed ninety-three women in fourteen states. So he was just killing these. Uh, I don't know if they were all black. I think they were prostitutes. Yeah, this gets no coverage. I mean, he's a black guy, right? So, okay. 93. Um, that's like, that's, that's, what is that? Like six times as much as Dahmer, five or six times as much. That's wild. Yeah. And then there's the second of all time is a guy named Gary Ridgway. He's a white guy. He stopped in um, 2000. He's, he was caught, looks like, uh, let's see. He killed uh, 49 proven, 90 plus possible. Um, this guy was only only arrested in uh let's see. He was arrested in ninety let's see, uh his IQ was recorded as being in the low eighties. That's interesting. Uh now this guy Gary Ridgeway, um he was uh Looks like around the early 2000s. He was arrested in the early 2000s. So this guy killed 49 proven people, a white guy, early 2000s. We don't know anything about him, Gary Ridgway. Yeah, this stuff just stopped getting – people just stopped being interested in this stuff. I think it's like uh, it's like uh, politics and like culture war stuff. Just it, it crowded out a lot of things, right? Um, and I think serial killers was just one of those things that they sort of, they sort of crowded out. Media highlighted for a while and lost interest in – Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, I should have, I should have connected those dots earlier, but yeah. Yeah. My assumption was like, oh, it's technology or phones or something. It just become harder to be a serial killer or serial killers are just like, you know, there's this whole like uh, uh, research on, um, you know, with the rise of porn, there are fewer sexual assaults. And a lot of people assume that like, oh, this is because people, you know, people who would have committed sexual assaults are just turning to porn. And so maybe, you know, people who are like very interested in like murder and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. They just what like watch videos of people getting their heads cut off on the internet and that's enough for them. So yeah, Well, look at this. Know. One of the biggest serial killers in American history, uh, killed twenty five. Her name is Belle Gunnis. She's a Norwegian 
born murder for profit ki- killer who killed her suitors and children. Whoa, Whoa. that's the Killing biggest the children. Ever. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, I want to read about. Yeah, this story. But this was she. Dot. She uh, was operating. She needs a movie. She's Norwegian. Uh, Norwegian born in America. Yeah, nineteen hundred. She was born in eighteen fifty nine. Uh, she did that. She killed in Illinois and Indiana between eighteen eighty four and nineteen oh eight. She's thought to have killed at least fourteen, uh, most of whom she were men. She incited to a rural Indi- Indiana property on the promise of marriage, while some sources speculate her involvement as many as forty uh, murders. Gunna seemingly died in a fire in 1908, but it's popular belief that she faked her death. Her actual fate is unconfirmed. <laughs> this woman is still out there haunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 150 years later. Man. All right, Richard. Well, I should jump off now. But uh, yeah, this has been good, man. We'll we'll finish up the last three and uh, conclude the, uh, the Dahmer trilogy, these discussions. Okay, sounds good. Till next time, Rob. All right, take care.